Okay. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to the 54 Podcast. Uh, today, we're not actually doing an episode. It's more of an in-memoriam piece. Um, as everybody knows, I'm sure that everybody has heard now, or at least if not woken up to the news, uh, that we've lost uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, star of Black Panther, and the Black Panther himself, um, as well as starring in movies like 42 as Jackie Robinson, and uh, as uh, James Brown, I forgot the name of the film, actually. Get on up. Get on up, there we go, thanks for that. So, uh, yeah, he's... Um, he was a giant in the uh, in the industry, and we're here to remember him. Uh, with me is uh, Albert Munoz, who is a uh, fellow nerd and uh, and a fellow cinephile. So I think there's um, no one better to join me in this conversation than uh, than him. Um, so I mean, just to kind of start off, I guess I really just wanted to talk to everybody, of basically like why this guy is so important to me and to the community. And, uh, and essentially, and by the way, to anybody watching on the live stream, severely sorry about my background and just the way that I overall look. As you can tell, it hasn't hit me well, so I guess it's kind of appropriate given the circumstances. Um, but it's, uh, it's, been, uh, it's, it's been a rough two days. Uh, it's, it happened yesterday, so it's technically only been a w one day. But uh, we found out last night after it was announced uh, that he had died at the age of 43 from colon cancer, which is uh, devastating news, especially for someone as young as he is. Um, and uh, the second that I heard it, I immediately remembered uh, this live stream that he did uh, not too long ago where he did look sickly. And a lot of people assumed that it was for a role as Albert was talking to me earlier before we started filming. Um, and Albert, yeah, was... do you want to lay your thoughts down on that? Uh, I remember exactly, I couldn't remember what he was promoting or something like that, but I just remember, funny enough, he was wearing his Jackie Robinson hat, the 42. Yeah, he was. And and he just looked incredibly thin. Like, I've never seen him that thin ever in my life. Like, he's, he's not primarily a, like a buff dude, but like seeing him that thin, like unnaturally thin, just really like bugged me. It really felt eerie that he looked like that. And people speculated that. He was doing it for a movie role, or he, he was under contract, he can say what he was doing for. Little did we know that he was slowly dying from colon cancer, and we didn't, we wouldn't even have known that, because his, he was a very private person. And, you know, rightfully so, he deserves to be very private, being a celebrity. You know, it's very rare that you have privacy as a celebrity to begin with. So, for him to keep that a secret, which is mind-boggling, especially for four years, like, he was diagnosed, I believe, 2016, with colon cancer and yeah, during, during that time, he just kept doing movies and MCU, like around, I think around Age of Ultron, that would have been, came around the time. I could be mistaken, but you know, that was, he was after. He was cast in the role, I think in 2015, like late 2015, before the diagnosis. Um, yeah. And then in 2016 is when they diagnosed him with colon cancer, which colon cancer has a very, um, has a very uh, personal, um, relation to my life in that my uh, my grandfather um, who's my late grandfather because he's already passed away he passed away ironically enough in 2015 um, he was a uh, he was essentially in the late 90s into the early 2000s he had been diagnosed with two separate cancers I can't remember the other one but I or where it was uh, located but I know that his second cancer was colon cancer and I remember being a kid and seeing uh, the just the amount of uh, j just how difficult it was to supersede or, or be able to beat this kind of disease, um, you know, I remember seeing my grandfather under with different contraptions on and taking different kinds of medication and sometimes not being present at all because he was in the hospital trying to get it treated. And you know, by the time that I was I was born and I was you know uh, I, I met my grandfather essentially. Uh, my grandfather's from the year of he's, he's from May of 1923. So, um, being from May of 1923, my grandfather was already, I believe, in his 60s when I was a child. So, it's hard to see your grandfather, who you love very much, or any family member for that matter, go through this kind of, uh, this, this kind of treatment. He survived the colon cancer, and he managed to live to be 92, where he eventually passed away when he developed a third cancer, 
uh, that didn't directly kill him. It indirectly caused um, a kidney failure. So he didn't really die from the cancer directly. But um, essentially, like, I've seen, I, I know what the treatment is like, and I know how difficult it can be. And my grandfather, you know, being 60-something years old uh, and beating it was a miracle. And, you know, Chadwick was 43, and not everybody's the same. Not everybody's body's the same. Not everybody can do the same things that other people can. And uh, it's unfortunate that we lost him. And we also have to remember that he was working at the same time that he was sick. I mean, when Black Panther came out, which was in 2018, he was already two years into his diagnosis, uh, yeah. from what we know. So, by all, by, and I'm sure they, I think they filmed the, the movie in 2017. So he was already one year into his diagnosis when he was on screen playing T'Challa. Um, and so that's, that is a, a monumentous um, uh, deed, something that I don't think a lot of us could really do is to be able to work like he did and train like he did while still receiving treatments for um, for the uh, the, cancer uh, the, the yeah the colon cancer and um, it's uh, it's it's devastating news it's hard to process uh, as a child I was I, I had a lot of favorite superheroes but I always did like the Black Panther a lot and um, I mean he was never like one of my top favorites you know Moon Knight has always been my favorite and Obviously, and obviously, and uh, and so have other characters like you know Doctor Doom, who's really more of a villain, you know Spider Man, um, and whatnot. But Black Panther was always interesting to me. I always liked him, and I liked having the action figures. And I actually, I don't know where it is. I don't. I think he's actually up there. Is my first uh, Black Panther action figure that I ever had as a kid, and um, and I loved him. I, I absolutely loved that character, and I was uh, I was happy when we finally found out that he was going to be in a Marvel film, and when I found out that Chadwick Boseman was going to get cast, because I was familiar with him from 42, from the Jackie Robinson film, and I actually wanted him to play Black Panther. I never, I, I remember telling some people, I'm like, Chadwick Boseman would be a great Black Panther, and then it turned out to be true, and he got the role, and and that was, uh, that was a really happy moment for me. I'm like, you know, it's great when you, like, picture somebody in a role, and they actually get it, Yeah. and so... Um, it was it was a little it was a bit of a sweet little moment for me to just kind of be like yeah you know like the dude that I wanted got it and uh, and it's it, it still is a uh, it's it hurts a lot to see that yeah. uh, you know the guy that I, I always wanted to see in that role um, got it and and we've lost him as well as a result um, but he left a, a damn fucking very well placed impact. Uh, with that role and with the other characters that he's played, he's he's um, he's always been a a figure of black empowerment and just empowerment in general for all communities. Really, um, it's nice to see. It was really great to see a uh, a black superhero that wasn't you know a vampire hunter or something else or like you know Shaquille O'Neal in a weird rubber costume. <laughs> So, I, I mean, I, I still kind of like Steel, even though it's not that great of a film. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> but it was nice to see, you know, something. It was nice to see a, a, a black figure um, in superhero media actually being taken seriously. And, you know, and not in a campy way. It was it was done in a very uh, respectful and, and uh, important Obviously. way. Yeah, and, uh, even even if you want to say you know he wasn't necessarily the first black superhero, he was the first to inspire a movement like a generation mm -hmm. to be influenced by that. Because sure, we had Blade, we had you know going back in like the eighties and nineties with the Blank Man and all those black superhero and whatnot. But he was really the first one to to really speak to a generation. Really, the only one I could say maybe was like Wesley Snipes, but again, it wasn't that as powerful as Black Panther with the, with the whole movie coming out and seeing a lot of black faces going to theaters to be excited to see someone like them being represented on screen for once instead of the usual, you know, um, Caucasian male or female on screen. They, when you watch Black Panther, and I saw like someone posted just like seeing the reaction of a crowd, like a lot of the young black folks watching the film in, in the robes, you know, the traditional African garbs, and being like in love with the film and being excited to see something like that and really puts like a, a tear to their hearts really when they heard the news about it because they were so and like excited to see something that them getting represented something that can speak to the black community can speak to people of color a lot and to see someone like Chadman pass away unfortunately it really devastated a lot of people I've never seen 
anybody be united when at all in certain cases, but when Chadman passed away, it was a moment where like you see everybody really being united and just in shock at right. this happened. No, and I know you could tell. I mean, Chadwick had a had a profound um, impact and influence on on everybody in in, in the twenty tens, um, and you can tell. I mean, just not just through Black Panther, but his other films. You know, he definitely laid influence on on a lot of people. Uh, Barack Obama recently posted about it, you know, photos with Chadwick in the White House because uh, Chadwick did go to the White House uh, during his um, during the time. Administration. That, yeah, when Forty Two was uh, coming out, and uh, you know, and they spent time together. Um, there's a uh, Joe Biden, fucking tweeted about it or wrote about it as well. Kamala Harris. So you know, it's like the politicians are are talking about it, and our world leaders are talking about it. And um, we have people in the Hollywood community that are both retired and still working that are uh, talking about it. And it's, it's, it's really difficult to process that it's happening. Um, you know, it, it is. It, it truly is. You know, I, um, I wrote a little thing about it, which I'll, I'll, I'll actually just read out because I feel like it's able to collectively explain my thoughts a little bit better than I, than I am. Uh, just, you know, trying to improvise here. But I said, part of me still can't believe that this is true. You know, we've lost a, a giant in the world of cinema and a phenomenal human being. Uh, Chadwick Boseman embodied the roles he played with grace and vigor. Uh, and as a result, his presence was very powerful. Um, I felt it whenever he was on screen. I loved the stories of the Black Panther when I was growing up. There's something very different about how that character was written and portrayed that stood out to me. A child with no narrative frame of reference could still understand how impactful the world of Wakanda truly was. Uh, and this man brought T'Challa to life while he himself was battling his own demons. He will forever be remembered, but not just as a performer, but as a king. And I truly believe that that's, that lays the, that's, that summarizes what I, I feel most people think about him. He, he was a king in that sense. You know, people know who this man was and they they revered him and they admired him and and um and i really don't think that anybody in in lately has been able to really capture that kind of uh that kind of conversation starter that chadwick uh set down in history now um it's going to be difficult uh going forward you know i've already heard some people just like Ignoring the fact that he fucking died and started talking about recasting Screen Rant. Which, did which is, I know, that was like a terrible piece, which I, yeah. I understand. I understand, you know, that was in my mind at, at first, just like, oh, how would how this even work after the MCU? But at the same time, I'm just like, look, this man just passed away. He died literally like not even 24 hours ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we should respect his honor, respect to the dead, you know, let him rest, let him have his moment. Everybody, let him. Let everybody grieve. Let everybody have their moment to say about him. Yeah, I'm, we're all and still it, grieving. You know, it's not appropriate to to really start talking about the business side of things in reference to to this this idea. You know, I don't care what they do. I don't care if you know down the line they 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 just write the character out or recast him or whatever the fuck they decide to do. That's irrelevant right now. Yeah. The, the 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 what's important right now is that we remember the the Chadwick Boseman as the artist that he was and as the figure of progression that he was. Yeah. You're such um, a cultural impact to many people really and it's just like you don't see that as as often in modern to modern at least in this current generation but like he was one of those few people that really that had an impact right. on us. Really. No and, and you know like everybody knew it especially people in the comic book community you know Stan Lee before he passed away was talking about the impact that Chadwick Boseman had, not just on him personally, but on the character that he co-created, you know. And I'm sure that when, you know, you create something and you see somebody embodying it so well, it, it must it must bring you some kind of joy. And um, and, and I'm sure that Stan felt that way with Chadwick, you know. Um, it's it's interesting. It was very it's always interesting to see the the perspective of the creators. Um, you know, to, to kind of see how they, they, they feel about the actors portraying their characters, and he, he did a, fen- a phenomenal job. I mean, he's an American actor. He was portraying an African character, and he did it so well and so respectful um, to the culture that he was trying to tackle as well. You know, um, 
he learned he learned how to just embody that that world and bring it and make it digestible for people that don't tr- necessarily understand it all that well or, or don't aren't too familiar with it. Yeah. And um, it's it's created a lot of uh, of wonderful moments amongst the children that admire superheroes and whatnot because now that now they're capable of putting a face to their own struggles and to their own um, and to their own lives. Um, relatability is very important when you're writing these kinds of characters when you're trying to portray them. And, uh, you know, now you have people, you know, you have a character that represents the struggles of not just people here in the United States, but worldwide, worldwide really. Um, and, uh, and he really is a kind of a staple for really all minorities in the world. I mean, I'm Hispanic, and it's still great to see a, a character who's supposed to be a, who's technically a quote-unquote minority, and he's a king. You know, he, he yeah. rules his own country, and it's, it's yeah. such a fantastic, it's such a beautiful note to to the way that humans should see the world the way that we should be communal with one another we should understand that anybody could be anything and that anybody could be good at anything as well um and it's just it just really really hurts man it's it really really fucking hurts because i i can't see i i can't see he had so much left to give us yeah and he was only that young like 43 like he was really young. He was forty three, yeah. And you know, and ironically enough, he also he passed away on Jackie Robinson Day. And um, I, and yeah, Jack Kirby's a, birthday. Um, Jack, yeah, Cap, yeah, yeah, the, the Jack Kirby birthday. Yeah, exactly. And it was just like and ironic because Jack Kirby designed the character. He and Stanley co created these characters. Mm-hmm. And primarily it was Black Panther. And ironically, after Jack's birthday is when all this Chadwick happens. Died, all this happened. And it's just like it's it's just crazy to think about it. Yeah, no, I couldn't would... I couldn't believe it when I was reading it. You know, I was like, I mean, it's this. I had like a this one to two minute reaction of just I can't, you know, like shock. And then I remember that live stream, and I went, Oh my god, this it, the dots are connecting, you know, and um, and it's it's hard. I mean, we've never even had. Um, an actor that portrays a character in like a franchise like this large, you know, pass away. Um, you know, we've never, it's such a, it's such a weird and, and, and it feels, it, it feels eerie. It feels icky. You know, there's something about it that I can't explain necessarily, but yeah. it, it feels really, really fucked up. Like, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I, I really, like, I've had trouble. I teared up when I was reading about it. It's hard it's hard yeah. to take this, you know, seriously. And like I said, I have personal connections to colon cancer. So on top of that, you know, seeing the kinds of treatments that my grandfather had to go through and relating that back to Chadwick, who, who went through this for four years and still had the time to not only do his job and perform as an actor, but also had the, the opportunities to, um, to, uh, to visit children who were also suffering from terminal illnesses. And uh, and bring them joy and hope, while he himself was in the same boat, is is such an admirable and respectable quality of a man. Honestly, yeah. I, I I can't begin to tell you how uh, how much respect I truly have for him. Uh, as a result, it's just, it's just incredible. Like nobody could ever imagine him in that scenario, and just it shows how brave this man was. Like how mm-hmm. knowing that he he's slowly dying. Or didn't even know he was dying, but it's it's on that fifty fifty chance really, mm-hmm. but still pushing himself forward, knowing he might have limited time left on this earth, to still be on top, to still be successful, to still be starring in lead roles. Like that speaks volumes, like what he achieved in four years. Yeah, no knowing that it's it's so amazing just to see him doing it. And and there's very few actors that are capable of doing things like that, you know? Like now, the only actor I can really say that does something similar to what Chadwick did was Val Kilmer, but um, because Val Kilmer, I don't know if you know, he had he had, he had throat cancer. I don't know if he still has it, but he had to have a tracheotomy. He can't speak anymore. Um, so you know, it's like he was working. He took a hiatus, but he was he was working through it, and he's back. He's working again, and he can't even talk. So it's. Um, you know there are there are actors that persevere and move forward and, and and are capable of doing their job 
regardless of what how their personal lives were affected uh chadwick was one of them and he he really sh he shot through it man he he really spoke volumes through his actions and um, and i was reading there was this uh, journalist who um commented on the death of chadwick and he said i uh, he was talking about how he um he had had he had actually had a, a conversation with him uh, a couple of years ago between i think in like 2018 i think and uh, he sat down with him and you know he was talking he asked him a question like uh like how difficult is it to you know change to be able to like fluctuate weights and like builds between roles uh because you know a lot of actors have to, you know, immediately bulk up to play a superhero and then they have to go back down and play a more average looking character or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, actors have to be very versatile physically as well. And so, you know, he was talking to Chadwick about that and Chadwick is like, oh man, you have no idea. He, that's exact word. I mean, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but those were practically the exact words that he said. He said, you have no idea. You have no idea the struggle that, that's been going on uh but he's like hopefully you know but one day I'll, I'll live to tell the tale that's what he said and so and we nobody knew what was actually going on but he was hinting at it he's like you have no idea you know what's going on uh and chadwick is basically telling him like yeah you i'm going through this and i hope i get to live to be able to tell people eventually you know the struggle that i went through and, and what had actually happened Unfortunately, that didn't come to fruition. I wish it had. I wish his perspective had been the right one. Um, his outlook had been the right one, rather. Um, but, you know, I have to say that even at 43, I think he accomplished, I think, way more than any actor could hope to accomplish in their lives. Yeah. Um, you know, he became a, an A-list celebrity, not only that, but he became an aspiration to everybody around the world. He became a, a, a household name. He became recognized for multiple different characters um, that are all in their own right, extremely important to all of to all communities. And um, and specifically, again, like the black community, like it, him playing not only Jackie Robinson, but James Brown and now Black Panther. You know, he laid so much. He made he he created such importance around these figures. You, most actors can't say that they did that. You know, there's not there's not a lot of actors. There's people in Hollywood that are in their 90s and can't say that they accomplished that much. Um, so it's even at 43, he lived he lived a life that I have to say, I think he'd be proud that he lived, and that he led, and. Um, and I'm happy that we had him, even even though it was brief. I'm glad yeah. that we that we had him for the time that we did, and I'm glad that he played the characters. Even with everything that I know now, I wouldn't want anybody else playing Black Panther. I really, I, I, I just, I don't see yeah. anybody. Else. I mean, you could, but at the same time, it's it's not going to be the same. It no, really I know. Like not... even going back, like if we can go back in time, and like, I would not change a thing. I, I think that he is still. The, uh, the only person I can picture in that role. And like I said, as a kid, I wanted him to play that, that part. I wanted him as T'Challa. I always did. So I would never change that. I, I always... He was, to me, the Black Panther. Always. He is the king. And so... Um, it, it's like... It's, it's like I, it, it really reminds me of three other people that really embody those roles that have also unfortunately passed on. I happen to share this post. It's one, obviously, for me, Christopher Reeves as Superman as an iconic role. Yeah, but Christopher Reeves didn't he... didn't die, you know, while playing the character. Yeah, you know, because Chadwick was supposed to do a sequel, you know, right. and but uh, he he did die. I mean, Christopher Reeves is still a tragic story, but he died much later on. Yeah, you know, I would say Christopher, Christopher Reeves, Heath Ledger, and yeah, even freaking um, Brandon Lee, the Crow. Yeah, he died, well, he died on set. I mean that yeah. one is is even worse, you know that one that he was young and and they, he he didn't even die from any health related issues. Somebody shot him on set because they were stupid and didn't check the gun. Um, I mean you know I mean I guess you can't really you can't you know point blame at anybody specifically, but it's, I'm just I'm just saying like yeah. their deaths really like because people resonate with those roles. It's really hard to see other people outside, especially with Brandon Lee. And that's the scenario because he did die, unfortunately, during the production of that. And then with Chadwick, it's just like he was supposed to do Black Panther too. He was signed on to do that, and then mm -hmm. it never happened. And it's a shame because the last, the technically, 
if you want to be specific about it, the last related thing, and it hasn't even come out, is what if, because they did confirm, he did record audio of T'Challa for what if, but that's yet to be released. Right. But, well, it's just probably going to be his last role as uh, as T'Challa. I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I, I think so. Um, but, you know, and it's also, but I think his send-off in Endgame is really powerful. And I don't know if he, if Chadwick had spoken to Kevin Feige about his diagnosis or not. I know there's a lot of contractual obligations, so maybe he had to. Or maybe he just, you know, I don't know. I don't really know who he told um, in that world, in that space. I don't know. It's hard to say. But I do think... did notice... Yeah. But I... I, Oh, sorry. It's okay. I I did notice that in Endgame, um, I always thought it was very strange, in a good way. I always thought it it was extremely strange how... Uh, in the scene at the end, in the, during the climax of the film, when uh, Captain America gets the the call on his headset from from Sam from the Falcon, saying like, uh, "Cap, can you hear me? It's Sam," uh, and then he says, "On your left." I originally, when I first watched that, I expected to see Sam fly through the portal first, but no, the first person you see is T'Challa walking through the portal, and he's the one that's given the glory of being first introduced out of all the people that have been revived and he's very heavily focused on you see him you see him kind of like with a very stern face but in with this he's bathed in this yellow light it makes him look very glorious powerful the king has returned you know it's um it's i always thought that was oddly fitting now in retrospect it's oddly fitting uh looking at it because I, that's why I wonder if he, if him and Feige had had that conversation, because that moment should have been for Falcon, but it yeah. it went to to T'Challa, and I, I, it's I, fitting I, now, you know. I I, I kind of feel that it is the case because I remember mm-hmm. watching Endgame in theaters, and I watched it twice back to back same night, and in on both theater reactions, everybody just applauded when Black Panther was the first person to show out of all characters when they brought them back when it was T'Challa everybody just applauded mm-hmm. and that just showed the impact of this character the fact that compared that to like and sure Falcon Falcon would have been interesting but it's just like it wouldn't have gotten that same reaction yeah, as I mean T'Challa. he shows up afterwards and everybody's like yeah whatever but you know it's like <laughs> but Black Panther gets the glory I mean he's a character that really resonates not only with everybody but like I mentioned like the movie had a large impact on the way that people viewed not only that character but that culture and so it, it really created a movement. I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Now, whether it really deserved that nomination, you know, every, it's up to debate between a lot of different yeah. people. But I personally think that, you know, it just, it, the reason it received that is because of its cultural prevalence. And um, and it's interesting to, to note, you know, that, you know, he was, he was essentially, I mean, I don't know if he ever got nominated for any other Academy Awards uh, I, besides I, the film. I, I don't know if he got nominated for Jackie Robinson or James Brown. Um, but I, what I can say is that um, he himself, uh, that character popping up on screen for the uh, for the finale, is obviously going to be very important to people. I mean, obviously, you know, Sam the Falcon is, uh, I think, still a very important character because he's also another another way for us to to show that there's importance amongst the black community in superhero films and in Hollywood in general, um, that these characters matter. But at the end yeah. of the day, the Falcon is kind of, I don't want to call him a sidekick, but, you know, he's hes kind of like second to Cap. Yeah, secondary so, character. Yeah, exactly. He's a supporting character, and, and Black Panther is not that. Black Panther doesn't need any goddamn... He's, not, he's nobody's supporting goddamn character. He is the fucking Black Panther. He's the king. And so, you know, it's... Um, that's why I think you know it's so important that he was he was uh, portrayed that way because he was he wasn't second to anyone, he was who he was in that sense. Yeah. That's the way that the character was written and the way that he was ex- he was uh, he was written to be seen. And um, I don't know, man. It it's the the end game tribute. I, I, I'm calling it a tribute now to Chadwick. Seems very fitting, and um, and uh, it's going to be hard. You know, uh, it's really going to be hard watching anything MCU related now, knowing that uh, Chadwick is gone. 
Yeah. Uh, even if he wasn't involved in it, you know, like I'm still excited for my my Moon Knight series, but even watching it is gonna feel weird because I like I know Black Panther is not supposed to be involved in that series at all, but knowing that it takes place in the universe and that there's just that that very important presence missing is uh, is gonna hurt, you know. Yeah. So I, I you know going forward I I know that uh, I'm I'm still in shock. Um. You know, I'm basically just sound like a broken record here. I'm just reiterating myself, but you know, it's 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 hard to really con contextualize what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, thank you. That's all I can say to him. Thank you for doing what you did, and uh, and I I will never forget everything that you did for us. Uh, speaking of Chadwick, you know. He died yeah. at home peacefully with his wife, which I think is the way I, you know, I would want to go with my family, and, and it's a, it's, it's the way that I would personally feel like going if if I, if I had to at some point, you know, being surrounded by the people that I love. Um, so let's just be happy that we had him for the time that we had him, yeah. and uh, and let's be thankful for everything that he gave us in that short period of time. It's it's just never going to be the same, honestly. And yeah, just no, honestly, not. just. Thank you to Chadwick. Chadwick, you're just your your voice. Your I would say history definitely. You left a mark on history. No, and you didn't. definitely. Yeah, that's what that's what I meant. You know, like with mm -hmm. Chadwick, he he definitely did leave an impact. You know, whether or not you know you want to disagree about you know Black Panther or how good of a film it is, whether or not it's Oscar worthy, it doesn't matter. At the end, of the day, at the end of the day the impact it left on society and how it left an impact on the culture and the black culture and let it be a movie for black people to celebrate something that they can cherish and for chadwick to leave such a big mark on plc community with his the incredible like history of acting knowing the fact that he his death was not in vain his death was not was for nothing like he he will be remembered. He will be, you know, cherished. He will be grieved on. He will be forever the Black Panther. And, know. you know, to people will be like, oh, you know, I wouldn't want to typecast myself or typecast someone in a role. But he really was the role. And you really can't see anybody in that role anymore. Once a person has left an impact, an image on you, and, that, and now that he's taken away from us, it's just... There really is no choice. It really is just he is the king. I and you know? I agree with you. I, you know, it's it's very difficult um, to just process this, you know. And also in memoriam, um, I don't know if I can get the camera to show what it is that I have up here. But for people that don't know, I, I actually I'm a collector of figurines and and hot toys and all of that. I actually have Thanos up here. Um, and, um, and basically, like, I actually have the Black Panther figure, because again, like I said, he was, I buy figures for characters that I really, really like, and I, and I loved growing up, you know? That's why I don't have Thor. Don't tell Chris Hemsworth that. Um, <laughs> I love the Thor films, you know, I love them, but I was never like, ah, eh, you know, I like Thor. Like, I've always, I've always liked other characters from that. So, you know, I have Spider-Man, I have the Punisher, I have Daredevil, I have Ghost Rider, I have Luke Cage, I have Captain America, I have Iron Man. Um, I have the Hulk, and I have Black Panther. And Black Panther was always kind of just like off to the side in my groups. Not because I didn't value him, but it was kind of hard to pose him because his stand is really big. And so what I did was uh, the Black Panther figure comes with a Chadwick Boseman head sculpt. It comes with his likeness. And so I, uh, I decided to put a little bit of a... I decided to put him in the center of a candle in, in his memory up there. And then all the characters are surrounding him uh, from left to right, doing the Wakandan salute. Um, you know, you have Spider-Man doing it, you have the Punisher doing it, which is weird. You have Daredevil doing it, you have Ghost Rider doing it, which is weird. You have Luke Cage doing it, and you have Captain America. Well, Captain America can't do it because his arms don't want to bend that way, but I tried. Um, but the blue lives matter. <laughs> yeah, apparently, right? But... Uh, so like yeah no I I did the best that I could but um uh you know I just feel like if I can do something I might as well 
showed. And I also had Thanos take his helmet off and like kind of like a sign of respect. Um, so he's holding his helmet instead of you know, uh, instead of like uh, wearing it. As you can see, you can see his beautiful big bald head there. That's the uh, that's Barbara start. That's Barbara Streisand's stepson, by the way. But only a few people are going to get that joke. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's. I think the one that got me the most reading was Angela Bassett's post about him. That oh really yeah, that was beautifully written. Yeah, and just as the image she put of him, of her hugging him, it's just. And that really hit me, you know. And they're not, and you know, obviously they're not really related, but just the it, fact it that they portray these, yeah, 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 you know, it does. And uh, it's just, man, when you're watching these movies, you feel like the people portraying them are invincible. Yeah, you just don't think that they would ever like. You, you just for, you it, forget. You forget at the end of the day that they're um, that they're human. human beings. They're all human beings. They're just as vulnerable as you and I are. And sometimes we even forget how vulnerable we ourselves are. Um, but it's important to remember that at the end of the day, we're all human. And we should all cherish the amount of time that we have with each other. And never forget yeah. that. Because, uh, you know, I could... Anything could happen the day of tomorrow. I could, you know, fall down a ladder. Or, or just have an aneurysm in the middle of the street and that's it, you know. And it's like you never... You know, we're all the, the same amount of vulnerable. We're all composed of the same matter. And... Uh, you know, no matter how famous you are, I mean, I guess money does make a little bit of a difference, but still, you know, in reference to your health. But you know, I, I, I still say that no matter what, the same thing that can kill you can kill me. Yeah. And uh, it's like I said, it's important to cherish those people. You know, I, I love spending time with my father. Uh, he doesn't. He's not dying or anything, but you know, he's old. <laughs> so I like. I like spending time with him. I like, you know, remember, you know, reminiscing and, and, and holding on to those moments. You know, yeah. I, I like doing, I, I never, and even, you know, my dad's older, but not even him, like people that are younger, you know, my friend Wilson, um, I love cherishing and spending as much time as I can with him. The same goes to my friend, my friends Chase and Patrick, you know, nothing is necessarily wrong with them, the exception of Wilson, but you know, like there's nothing really um, wrong with them, but you never know, you know? Like there's always there's always a chance that the person that you talk to every single day may not be we may not be here tomorrow, and it's a scary thought. But it also gives you it gives you uh, incentive to be with them, and yeah. and to to remember them and to to constantly really to never take them for granted. You yeah. know I, and I had a hard time understanding that. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm about to tell a little personal story, but. When my grandmother passed away, my the she the the wife to the grandfather that I was referring to, so they're both my paternal grandparents. So after my gra my grandfather died in 2015, my grandmother died two years later in 2017. But she was much younger than my grandfather. She was young younger by like a decade. So she was 83 when she passed. But I remember distinctly the night before she had her um, her stroke. She had a stroke, and that's how she passed. Jesus. The night before she had her stroke, I um, I remember sitting here in this exact same spot on the computer, and I was working on something. And actually, my grandmother helped get the computer that we're using right now to talk. And um, and I remember getting a phone call. Um, my phone was charging. I had my my little HTC phone back in then. Remember HTC? Remember when they were a goddamn thing? Yeah. Uh, back to back to the remember going back to to the point at, at hand. Um, I remember getting a call, and I kind of looked over because I could see the screen for where I was because my eyes still worked, and I remember seeing over at, at at the screen and it and it said Nana, which is what I call my grandmother, which is Nana. She was calling me just to talk. You know, it was like, just to check up on me. It was like 10.30 at night. I was tired. And I didn't, I didn't want to talk at the moment. I said to myself, I'll call her later. So I just let the phone ring. And it, it went to voicemail and whatnot. Whatever, right? I didn't think much of it. Uh, I wake up the next morning to find out that she had a stroke and that she couldn't talk. That she was completely immobilized, completely paralyzed, essentially, with the exception of the one side of her body. 
and uh, and here I had to go see my grandmother, this woman who I had cherished my whole life, that I felt was invincible, that I I couldn't, in my opinion, live without because at the end of the day, she was my emotional support. She she had she gave me more emotional clarity than my own parents did. I didn't have her anymore. She I mean she was she was still alive, but I couldn't communicate with her. And the only thing that she was asking me for was water. That was that was really the only thing we could we could talk about. I remember just the only side of her body she could move was the right side, because the stroke happened on the left side of the brain. So the left side controls the right side. The right side controls the left side. So her right side was the only one that was working. I remember holding her hand and she tightened the grip around her around my hand. And I told her that everything would be okay, and that I love her. And she wasn't capable of responding. You know, she, she gripped, she held on. I could see that she was, she was trying to, but she couldn't. And it was, a, it was truly a moment. It, it made me regret, truly regret, missing out on that phone call. It would have been such a casual phone call. It would have been such a, a typical conversation. But it's the only conversation that I missed out on that I wish I could have had with her. You know, and it sucks. It sucks to this day, and I still hold regret in my heart for that day. And that's why, you know, and I, and I, whenever I talk to people about their loved ones or the people that they hold close or, or whoever it may be, never forget that that person may not be here tomorrow. Don't, don't pass up an opportunity to communicate with them if you can't. I, I mean, I know that you know our lives are busy and we all have different things and we can't always be talking with each other every single, at every single given moment. But remember that we have a limited amount of time with another. And uh, no matter what your age is, like I said, Chadwick Boseman went at 43. And he was extremely young. So I don't care how old you are. I always, if I care about you, I'm going to hold you close. And I've learned that. My lesson was learned from that day forward, you know, because it was sudden, just like this. You know, my grandfather was diagnosed with his cancer, with the last cancer, which would be his third cancer, in 2015, in 2015. And they told us he had five years. And I was like, okay, I got five years with him. I got this. Then they find out that he had a growth in his kidney when they were doing a routine surgery. And five years turned into a month. Um, and you just, you know, you're, you're ready for one thing, and then all of nowhere the rug is swept underneath you, you know, and you have to readjust. But I don't, whether it be five years or a month, it gave me time to cherish the amount of, of the, the, everything about him. I was able to sit down with him and cherish it. And this ring that I have on my finger, everybody thinks I'm married because I wear this thing. This ring is my grandfather's wedding band which my, my grandmother gave to me uh, shortly before he died because she wanted me to have it. She didn't have hers anymore. I think hers had been stolen or something decades ago. Uh, I don't really remember the story behind what happened to her wedding ring or her wedding band. Um, but I, she had my grandfather's and I wear it now every single day so that I can remember the two of them, their union and their relationship and, and their lives together. Um, and again, that's more of a personal story. I don't mean to sour the mood by talking about this. But I, I do want people to understand how precious every single moment may be. Whether it be a second, an hour, a day, a month, or a year. Spend it well. You know, live your life happily and freely. But don't forget about the people that you care about that are close to you. Yeah. And, uh, and that goes not just for your family but also for your friends, your acquaintances, if you care about them. Yeah. And, and, you know, even your pets, you know. I, I lost my, my childhood pet, Chi-Chi, in, in January 2016, almost right after my, my grandfather died in October of 2015, the 1st of October. So, you know, I lost Chi-Chi right after that. So, you know, it's like, it's it, it, at 15, by the way. Um, so it's, life can sometimes deal you a really shitty hand, but all you can do is try and make the best out of that. Yeah. doesn't matter if you have a terrible set of cards, play the hell out of it. Because you you'll regret it if you don't. You know? 
just live the best of life really just you know and spend it with the people you love the most like yes we know as humans we have a ticking time bomb we don't know how long we're gonna last until the day we just like that but we all know we're gonna die we just don't know when but instead of just waiting for that moment of death or just constantly being like oh what am i doing this i gotta do this today enjoy what you have now that stuff could put on the side really because we all know as humans we just bound to die it's just a simple fact so instead of having to just worry about that constantly we should try to spend the time that we have now the moment we have now breathing with the people we love and cherish those moments and then spend the quality time we have because you never know you we can never know what could happen when those loved ones those people you care about the family friends pets you know wives husbands whatever can just go away and and you wouldn't even know you just would genuinely know but you want to at least have that moment where like you had some like closure with them you had good memories with them you had good stuff to cherish with them you didn't like sure you had your fights here and there but you ultimately never hated this person you just remember them for the way they are being a good person and just being ultimately a good memory a good footnote in your history a good chapter in your life and that's what you want to keep closest to your heart and that's what matters the most is that you had a good relationship with this person you know and sure you know i can't say that for everybody i'm sure there have been people who had bad relationship with people and those first person they had with a bad relationship lost their lives and you know they wish they can have that moment but at least the good moments you did have cherish them cherish those good moments don't cherish live with regret good, don't live with regret. exactly do not live with don't regret you know like oh i wish i could have done this person no like the moment you did had you had them and if they were good they were damn great they were good in your heart mm-hmm. you know i know I'm not, I'm not using best words right now but it's just ultimately no and it's fine i think you're getting your message across you know and and i know that you're coming from a sincere place um and it, yeah no you know i i agree with you i think the moments the moments that you had that you thought were just good become amazing when that person's yeah. no longer there you know those little those little moments those little moments that we all share like george carlin would say those little moments that we all share universal little moments you know they become the highlights once someone is gone you know i remember little things about being with my grandmother for example that i personally didn't think i would remember i just thought they were you know like very mundane tasks or things of that nature but you know remembering now in retrospect, thinking back to it, I'm like, wow, like I'm lucky to have shared those moments. And um, it also makes you criticize yourself a little bit more because you're like, oh, I could have done better there, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, you you recall these these little brief moments in life that you shared with these people. And it makes you really, really care about, it really makes you remember these tiny little moments in finer detail and and place you place more importance on them as a result and um you know i can't forget that i remember once with my grandfather and it's this is gonna this is a very brief story but i remember with my grandfather i want he might i wanted to get a little like toy i wanted to get like an iron man action figure or something from like the fifth the store on 52nd street in bergen line nova linea yeah. and my grandparents lived on 51st in uh, in west new york new jersey and uh, on uh between uh uh what was it between Park Avenue and, and, and Broadway. The only reason I'm disclosing that information is because, you know, they're gone now, so I don't expect you guys, I don't expect anybody to go, you know, to those buildings. But they lived between Park Avenue and Broadway, and I remember my grandmother was like, I have to be here to handle a couple things, so I can't go with you, because she would go usually go with me. She's like, if you'd like, you can take your grandfather, and he'll just, you know, watch over you. But, you know, I knew my grandfather was already having trouble, like, you know, he could still walk, pretty well but you know he was already like he was slowing down you know he, he was getting old yeah. and so i remember having this little nice moment with him i don't remember how old i was but i remember walking down the street with him and uh, i remember putting his arm over my shoulder like he was like a like i was a medic like on Nor- like in d-day you know and i was uh, i was guiding him i had my arm behind him, his back and he was smiling he's like you know this is a little excessive but <laughs> 
I, I am, he's like, but I, I appreciated it. He was happy. And, you know, everybody looking at me was kind of like happy. Like they just gave me smiles seeing me like walk with my grandfather like that. And I didn't think much of it because to me it wasn't excessive. I was a kid, you know. So I was, I was walking with him and I remember him sitting on the bench. He's like, you go inside. I'll wait out here. And I went and I got my Iron Man toy. I didn't have enough money for it, but I remember they were like, you know, you're good. You're a child. So here you go. They like spared me like the extra dollar or two that I didn't have, um, which I paid them back later anyways for it. But I, uh, I remember, um, and then I went back and I got it and my grandfather looked at it and he made fun of me because I made him walk like five blocks to get like a five inch little piece of plastic. But, but he's like, you know, whatever makes you happy. And I remember we, uh, and I walked back with him, you know, in arm the way that I was carrying, I was walking with him. And it's such a, it's, you know, it's, it seems like such a casual mundane event, but it's something that you truly hold on to once, you know, once somebody's uh, no longer there. Yeah. I, I've, I've had memories like that with my yeah. grandma where it's just, with my, I'm going a little brief with my story where it's just like, my grandmother, she never really spoke English, and mm-hmm. I wasn't that great in Spanish, so me communicating her was very limited. I tried my best with her, and, you know, I always did promise, you know, to say I regret never fully learning, like, Spanish to talk with her, and that was one of my regrets. But the, one of the days where it was towards the end of her life, I remember the last year I was with her, she was in the United States because she lived in DR, Dominican Republic, and she just happened to visit, you know, and she was at this point, she was using her cane. And she needed to take her nap. And I remember I set up the, her bed and everything, gave her everything, gave her tea and whatnot. And she came over, she looks at me and just goes, thank you, in English. And I said, you know, you're welcome in Spanish. And to me, that's like, that melt my heart. To say I get choked up about it because it's like she never, ever in my lifetime ever spoke English once. And for that to say that's just to me because I was the youngest and just – I was there alone taking care of her. Oh, oh no! It's just like I get choked up. It's just, it's just like I never heard this woman ever spoke English to me once, and for her to speak English just for me, you know, is it's impactful, you know. And it's, it's just it's beyond words. I think at that moment, I, I know exactly, you know. What you felt. And it was that little moment, and you know, you wouldn't think about it like mm-hmm. that much, but it's just like that moment that was a good, feel good moment becomes an amazing part of my history, part of my life. It resonates with you, yeah, for the rest of your life, you know. And it's funny because I'm sure that they don't even realize it when those moments happen. Like they're they're very particular to you, and you're gonna remember them. But I, I'm I'm sure that you know, like our grandparents didn't think about those moments in, in any kind of hindsight or go like, yeah, they're going to remember that for the rest of their life. They have no idea. And, and part of that is a little sweeter. The fact that they don't realize that such minor little things are stay with us for the rest of our lives, you know? And, uh, and it's interesting. And it's also, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's also like receiving wisdom from them, you know, hearing them talk about their lives. My grandparents were older, which to some people might be a curse to other people. It might be a, a benefit. To me, it was a bit of the down the middle because you know I lost them young. Uh, but again, some people don't even have grandparents when they they're born, you know. So I, I was at least lucky enough to have three. I yeah. had my two paternal grandparents, and I had my grandmother on my mom's side. Um, so you know, I was lucky to even have three. Um, but having older grandparents as well is is partially a blessing because they have so much more to share with you from a very young age. And I learned a lot about them, and I learned how to cherish people because of them, because of how many memories they had. You know, they had gone through a lot. They had lost a lot of people themselves. You know, being older, a lot of the people that they know are also gone, with the exception of some friends and whatnot, right? But, you know, it's you learn through them how it is that they deal with grief, how they deal with the, the concept of loss. And uh, it, it really prepares you a little bit more for for not only their loss, but for everything that you're going to experience going forward. It strengthens you a little bit. Yeah. You know, you have the right tools to deal with it. And, um, and like, these are people that were in my life personally. But, you know, I have, I'm very empathetic towards almost all human beings. Any loss of life to me is a big deal. 
even though some people, you know, don't feel that way, you know, and it's okay, you know, if you don't, like, if Chadwick Boseman died, and you're like, it's a, it's sad, but I don't really feel anything as a result, you know, it's okay, you're not a bad person for feeling that way, but you are, but uh, I personally, uh, I can't overlook it, it's not something that I can simply just, you know, look at and go, well, you know, it sucks, but whatever, right, like, no, I, to me, it's more of, it, it has a, a grave, it has a very massive infliction on who I am as a person, and um, and it hurts, you know, losing him. And I honestly have to say that I haven't felt this bad about losing uh, somebody in pop culture and someone that I, I admired since Robin Williams. Yeah, obviously Robin Williams was like the last person to me that kind of affected, and, and then and Carrie Fisher that, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That and just those two, and they, they again had a great impact on culture pop culture and whatnot even beyond that you know mm-hmm. and it's just like that was like the last big thing with like, i remember carrie fisher was one and then it was robin williams and then before that it was michael jackson but robin williams was like the last one like i felt like holy shit you know it's just like we're not that invincible as humans as much as we like to think we are because even if something like that could happen to robin that could happen in any one of us you know and it's no, just yeah. like we, we lost um only about a month ago, I think it was, we lost Grant Mahara from Mythbusters. He was like then, 49, but he had a brain aneurysm. And there's no like, there's no sign that a brain aneurysm is going to happen. If it happens, it happens, unfortunately. That's just how life is, you know. There's no way to deter it. It just occurs. And so it's, and it's, um, it's, it's rough. It's rough seeing young people pass so suddenly. Uh, and, Especially with the, the even beginning of the year, Kobe Bryant and his daughter. Oh yeah, and Kobe, Kobe heard me, and, and you know the thing is, like a lot of people know this about me, but I am not a sports fan. I, I have never, I, I don't really. The only sports I watch are UFC and the World Cup when it happens every four years. You know, I don't, I don't watch anything else. I just, I, those are the only two things that I watch. I love UFC. Um, because I'm a psychopath and I love watching people beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and I love soccer. I mean, I love soccer when it's like, you know, countries going against each other. I'm like, I don't care about the teams. I want to see, you know, the nations fight each other. There's something very there's something very visceral about seeing nations go against each other. Uh personally, I don't know. That's just me. But, you know, like and that's why I like the World Cup. But uh, you know, I'm not a sports fan. Like I I know quite I know some I know some things about basketball. I understand some of the aspects of the game and some of the terminology and I know some of the teams. Um, cause I, obviously I went to school and, you know, a lot of people were really into basketball. So I had to sit next to their, you know, conversations and debates about who's better than who, but, uh, you know, Kobe was always like a very, very prominent figure in my childhood because literally everybody knew who he was. He was an icon for all the right reasons, by the way. And, um, you know, I knew who Kobe Bryant was. I knew who Michael Jordan was. I knew who, uh, who LeBron was. I, I knew who um, I knew who uh, Magic Johnson was, even though he was before my time. I knew who fucking Larry Bird was. You know, I know who these these uh, you know uh, who's another one. I'm trying to think of right here: Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah. You know, I know all these players, but I don't I don't really know anything about them as as uh, athletes. But I know about them as people. You know, and so I um, I. Uh, Kobe was kind of like the, I don't want to call him the Michael Jordan of our time, but in a way he was. He kind of like took the reins and became the the best at basketball after Michael Jordan retired. And I think he actually beat his record before he uh, before he retired, uh, Kobe Bryant. I'm not entirely sure. I might be wrong about that. Um, but I remember hearing that he died, along with his daughter, which is extremely tragic. I remember hearing that he died... And something in me was in was resonating in a way that I didn't think was in a way I didn't think I would. I was I felt my in my gut. I felt upset. I felt crushed. I'd never watched him play. But something about Kobe Bryant dying, something about losing that man who, to me, represented so many good things and so much of what humanity could strive to be losing that man was like losing a beacon of light it's like a it's like seeing a lighthouse in the distance 
and then it just disappears. Yeah. You know, it's, and you're lost. You feel, you feel like things don't make sense anymore. How am I supposed to guide myself through this storm? There's, there's so much, there was so much passion and energy in there. And, you know, on top of that, he run, I am a big uh, cinema geek. You know, I, I call myself a filmmaker. Um, and, uh, he won an Academy Award for a, a documentary that I, I honestly believe he, he deserved to win for. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, but I know that uh, he, he was talented in so many other so many other regions and so many other arts besides just an athletic, besides his athletic um, upbringing. He was a talented man, and so losing him, as a just as a human being, hurt me. You know, it, it it's painful. It really is painful, and maybe again, maybe that's because I just I have a lot of empathy for for that. Maybe because I've I've been around death a lot in my family because my family is older, so I, you know I see a lot of people come and go. Um, but it, it hurts. It it it's, it stings, even if you don't know that person. I didn't know who Chadwick Boseman once was personally. You know, I only saw him through his art, but it hurt. It hurts more than than I'm capable of describing. And, and Kobe Bryant hurt and maybe maybe it hurt even more due to the fact that he died the way that he did you know um, especially with his daughter and eight other people wasn't it or, or seven other people or yeah. nine I don't remember at the moment but it just in that tragic way really that didn't need to happen but it happened and yeah it and just... it didn't it was yeah it didn't need to happen it really did not need to happen you know it was it was a uh, it was a foggy day. I mean, I'm not going to get into the details because this is about Chadwick. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, look, it, it, what occurred could have was avoidable, right? And that's what makes it, I think, even harder to process for a lot of people is the fact that Kobe's death was avoidable, and um, and it makes you it, may, it hurts you because you're like, why, why did these specific set of events have to happen? Why couldn't it be why couldn't have it have it been deterred why did it have to be foggy that day why did things like this have to occur why did things line up to this precise organization you know it, it it's upset it upsets you because there's so many factors that just let it happen you know chadwick boseman's death is is very very tragic because nobody knew about it we were just completely hit with it um but i can at the end of the day at least feel rest i can feel rest assured i rest assured knowing that he was with his family and that he was at home and that even though what happened was i'm, I'm absolutely sure terrifying it's it, it happened with people he was with people he cared about and i'm sure that a lot of them were I don't want to. I don't want to say prepared because it makes me. It sounds like I'm. I'm. DF, I'm trying to diminish what actually was going on. But you know that they were ready, and I know that he was loved, and I know I'm sure that he had the uh, the emotional support he needed, and I'm sure that everybody that was around him had the emotional that knew about it had the emotional support to be there for him. Um, so I can at least say I'm glad. I'm happy that he gave us what he gave us and that he was he wasn't alone when all of this happened you know it's important a lot of things a lot of people don't remember this but it's important to have the people that you love and care about you be there when um when you're gone so I mean on that note I feel that we could probably put this to a close now because we have gone over an hour, um, but regardless, this is this is a, a this is not an episode. This is more of a memorial to Chadwick, and this is a, also a way for us to be just for everybody to feel a bit more cathartic about what they're experiencing right now, kind of get it out, and, and also see a perspective of two people that um, that were very close to the work that Chadwick Boseman was uh, was producing and working on, yeah. um, and also just so that you could get us to, just get to know us from more of a personal scale, understand why we feel the way that we feel. You know, I don't usually talk about. I'm not somebody. I'm not somebody who likes to publish my feelings uh, with my personal family online. But for this specific for this specific event, I, I feel that it's important to share. Yeah. 
and uh, and I thank all of you for for you know anybody that that watches the fifty four religiously, which I doubt there's many of you, but I but you know any of you that do, thank you for listening in, and I hope that I could give you, we gave you more insight into who we are as people, um, and I hope that uh that if you're struggling right now with anything or that you feel uh, down or anything. I hope that our words maybe helped to comfort you and, uh, and give you a new perspective on, or at least a different perspective, I should say, on, uh, on these kinds of situations. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for watching. Um, Albert, I don't know if you'd like to say anything before we close. I think just, just thank you, Chadwick rests in power. Our King. Thank you, Chadwick Boseman. Truly was a king, and he will always be our king, our T'Challa. And uh, may he rest easy. May he rest in power, as you said. Um, and always remember to keep everybody that you have ever, you love, close. Never forget how important they are to you. And if they call you, pick up. Yeah. Everybody, have a good afternoon. It's been Joseph Cruz and Albert Munoz from the 54 Podcast. And we'll see you guys later.